Hey, this is Leslie, host of the Rogue Ones podcast. Thank you for listening to this show. You know, I did this limited series in 2018 and 2019. The world was a wildly different place, but knowing that people are still listening to it now and benefiting from these stories brings immense satisfaction. So thank you. If you want to keep up with my own rogue adventures, you can follow me on Substack. Yes, I have one too. An easy link to find that is leslieethompson.com slash Substack. I write on there frequently, but then I'll also post audio vignettes that don't fit into a typical podcast framework. I've been busy, and I bet you have been too, Rogue One. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you soon. Now, here's the episode, and I hope you enjoy. You're now listening to the Rogue Ones podcast, the Rogue Rabbit Trail series. Sometimes when I sit down with my guests, we talk about a lot of off-topic conversations, and this was the case with today's Rogue Rabbit Trail feature, Kyle Sailors. He's a film director and producer based in Nashville, Tennessee, and he has a lot of stories. Listen to the full episode by visiting rogueonespodcast.com. So first, for this Rogue Rabbit Trail, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into his networking group, Dinner with Dreamers. And so that's part of why I never, like, I always, like, if that dinner of dreamers, I always figure it, whoever shows up, that's who's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And there will be people, meet people. And so I figure the more I do that, the more those little meetings can happen between people that would have never met. They go do something. I don't care. Like, I, it was the anti-LA. LA is like, no, I don't introduce you to anybody because mm-hmm. you might steal my connection. And I'm mm-hmm. like... I'm giving you all my connections. What you do with it's your own deal. Mm-hmm. If you can do something, great. I don't care. But I'm not going to sit around making them. I've, that's why I have dinner. You can show right. up and meet somebody yourself. Because the way that you format these things is you you personally welcome everyone. And then yeah. you you give these ways for in these smaller groups, let's uh, you know, tiny icebreaker things, but not awkward, weird ones. Yeah. You do a really good job it's of just having... Like, hey, share your story, share your passion. Mm-hmm. and And in doing so... Everybody says, oh, I need to talk to that person. Oh, yeah. I need to talk. And they naturally, and then they, once they share, they feel apart. And then if it's even at their table, or, I mean, it used to be small, you know, mm-hmm. and now it'll be like, but I try to keep it small, but, you, you know, yeah. but it, their last minute, nobody ever knows when or where. There's no, there's no plan. It's whenever it pops in my head, it might be tomorrow night, and I don't know yet. <laughs> and it's all over the States. It's all, I yeah. mean, because you've had, you've had them in L.A. Didn't you just have one in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, if I go somewhere, even if I don't know anybody, I'll say, dinner dreamers somewhere, and people in the group will say, oh, you need to meet so-and-so. And then I'll get somehow 12, 20 people the next day together, and we and half of them don't even have a clue what in the world they're coming to. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just said, "You need," and we all have a great time, and it's like we're all buddies, you know? Well, that's because the first time I heard about it, it was the log, the log cabin party last year. Yeah. And Kyle Baker was like, I think you need to come to this thing. I was like, what is this thing? And he was like, oh, it's so hard. You just got to like show up. And I did. And I mean, there was a red carpet. There was one of those like photo things where you like, it's got the backdrop. Yeah. And then panels in this, in your house, you just like clear out all the furniture. Yeah. And everyone just. And so we have probably through the night and I, I, I literally have to cap it off when it's, it fills up, uh, probably about 700 people. From 5 p.m. till 3 or 4 a.m. And they come in cycles. So it's not that many at one time, sure. which is probably completely illegal. But <laughs> <laughs> are there rules? Are there rules yeah. about how many people? But we you had like 
18 band artists play at the last one over the course of eight hours. That's almost like a festival. And then we had 27 guests and panels and rooms and then flash mobs and whatever. I don't know. Oh, yeah, we the flash mobs. Yeah. That was amazing. So basically, like, I started having a special guest to share their story. And then the first six months I was doing this, people were like, Kyle, why are you doing this? You know what? People are just coming to meet your friends. I was like, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I, but then what happened is literally for six months, I even wondered why I was doing it other than I was just having a good time. But then all of a sudden people would be like, hey, Kyle, the uh, the vice president of Disney's I want to hear, he should come to one of your dinners. I was like, dude, I want to hear his story. Yeah, for real. And then, uh, or the, this director from DreamWorks, this guy, the bass player for Neil Diamond, the, this play, I mean, mm. the president of Malawi ended up at one of our dinner. Oh my dreams. goodness. The, uh, like the general from the military, like, so the, some of the craziest stories in the whole world and we can learn. And so through learning from those, one of the guys was the producer of Lost in Space. And somebody was like, hey, Kyle, uh, pretty sure Lost in Space coming to town. You should have him do a dinner. And I was like, sure. What? When is it? Tomorrow night. Okay. <laughs> so many people there. Yeah. And that's how it happened. And mm-hmm. so he's telling a story and he's like, I went to LA and I met, made friends with everybody in these studios and I got my way in there. They didn't like my ideas. I was like, that sounds familiar. Uh-huh. And then he's like, so I asked him, how did, how did I get you to fund a movie? And he says, Find something that's already made money. And he was like, oh. And so he goes, so he said, what about Lost in Space? I liked that as a kid. They're like, we already tried. that. The widow, she'll never sell the rights. She doesn't care. And so he went and had lunch with her. And he was like, hey, I would love to make this as a movie. And she's like, I don't care about that. And he's like, oh, okay. So he just started talking to her. Two hours later, she said, you know, I like you. I'll let you have the rights. His first movie was $90 million budget. So then I thought, man, I've been doing this wrong all these years. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know all these people. So I thought, who do I know that owns the rights? I got to know all these people. I got to know somebody owns the rights to something. And I thought of somebody. And then so we approached them. They had a 40-year franchise, and and it was previously owned by the Weinsteins, and they lapsed out because of this Me Too and their collapse. And they were in a lawsuit, but we said, what if we completely rebooted this thing completely from scratch? Because it's kind of a, you know, specific campy genre. And um, she said, yeah, I'll give you a shot. And so we got the landed the rights to a 40-year franchise, and we're, that's going to be our next, well, this summer we're shooting oh, with a studio word. funded. So finally, after all these years of doing thousands TV and this and that, we're coming back to their thing that was our first dinner. Oh, so congratulations. I, and I learned it because of a dinner with somebody telling their story. Mm. And I thought, oh, wait, you know what? Now take a listen to the first time they actually met Master P. Like, we're nobodies, and we're white, the whitest white boys from West Texas you could ever be. And then we're, but we never judged anybody. And so now we're working with, Okay, here's a funny story. So we come in there, and here's Master P comes in. He's always six hours late because that was his MO. And, uh, and he has an entourage, about 15 people, and they have guns on. And, like, so it's just like <laughs> we're, we're like little kids sitting there. And, uh, and so he comes in, and they all stand up around the table. So we have the, the animation people and then us and then 
And so then we have all these people that were basically armed uh, surrounding us. And then he starts telling his idea for a music video. And then my brother goes, oh, man, that's cheesy. And it was like, I thought we were all going to get gunned down. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it, it was like, it might have been three seconds, but it felt like six minutes. But like, it was total silence. Like you could hear a pin drop. And then all of a sudden he goes, hmm, that is cheesy. And, and at that moment, we be, we were like buds. He invited us to his house. We would go hang out with all these rappers playing video games and like, you know. Like. And this one is for anybody who's embarrassed about their high school superlative. Kyle's is, I assure you, one of the weirdest I have ever heard of in my entire life. Okay, I'm going to college. Nobody knows I'm a nerd, so I was like, and this was West Texas, so Friday Night Lights was real, and it was way more than the, <laughs> than the TV show. But if you didn't play football, you were nobody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this was probably the most embarrassing moment. Like, they had the, the whole football team up there. They were going to state. They had won over 100 games in 10 years. And then they were, at the same time, announcing the awards that year. Okay. So after the football team goes up, and they're all on stage, they call and they say, okay, their next award goes to best PE student. And then they're like, Kyle Sailors. <laughs> best PE yeah. student. And I was like, and I was on the back row. And I was oh, like, no. oh, I should have never came. I oh, no. I should have just walked out. And I, I walked the hot walk of shame to the stage. And everybody's kind of laughing, you know, like the whole thing. I think that was the moment when I'm like, you know, one day I'll show up. <laughs> I'm good. But, <laughs> But I'm going to rise above my superlative. But it came. Next, Kyle shares the completely crazy happenstance story that brought him to Nashville, Tennessee to change the lives of so many. What brought you to Nashville then? Where was that move? Did you come to Nashville from L.A.? I left L.A., went back to Texas uh, for a bit, and I moved first Houston and then in between Austin and San Antonio because Austin has a big film community and mm-hmm. stuff. But it was just like, I don't even know. I am not supposed to be here. And so I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. I got to uh, not get out of here. We had two weeks left in our lease. And uh, one day, and I was married at the time, and she said, we were literally sitting there, and at the same time, we were like, Nashville. I don't, just popped in our head. And then the next day, this guy met an author from Nashville. I met him in North Carolina at a media conference. He messaged me, and he said, hey, he goes, uh, I don't know why I'm messaging you, but he says, I'm doing a book tour for 30 days. Uh, he wrote that fireproof book or whatever based oh, on the sure. movie. Yeah. And anyway, he said, I need somebody to dog sit for me in three weeks. And I was like, that's it. When we left L.A., we literally sold. It was so expensive. It's really cheap to get a U-Haul to go to L.A. It's really uh-huh. expensive to get one to leave. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, like it was $500 to go. 3500 to go back. We're like, man, we're just going to sell all our furniture. Yeah, for real. So this place was furnished mostly. So all we had left is like a mattress. And so we sold it. We had made a movie with the the who the guy who played the Creeper from the Jeepers Creepers movies. Oh, yeah. And so he's our buddy. And so he called randomly and it was like, hey, Kyle. He says, I just met the Hopefully he never hears about this. But <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I just met the meanest person I ever met. And he goes, and I thought about you. Uh-oh. And, uh, <laughs> Why? Like, what is that supposed to be? Yeah, for real. And he goes, 
I just figured you could deal with him. He says, he's got some project, some documentary. He's a doctor. He says, he's got money. I was like, well, whatever at this point. I'm going to Nashville. I don't even know. So I get on the phone. He says, all right, what is it? What is it going to cost? You know, I was going to throw out a number just randomly. I was like, ah, I'm just going to go high. Because yeah. he said, all right, where do I send the deposit? And I was like, uh, so oh. I gave him the address of the guy's house <laughs> okay. on the phone uh-huh. with no contract. And when we pull up into Nashville, there's a FedEx envelope with a five-figure check sitting on the porch. And so oh, we were like, I think we're supposed to be in Nashville. Yeah, and wow. And I loved it. It's been Lots of confirmations there. Listen to Kyle Saylor's full episode, if you haven't already, at roguonespodcast.com. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you again soon.